You said I'd be in bed by 11 o'clock. <laughs> you still can be. High and tight, buddy. High and tight. <laughs> Chin music, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a haircut. We're not sure. Uh, yeah. Hmm. What is that mug, Colson? Hmm. Deck the Hounds. It's a Christmas mug. Okay. Um, it's full of uh, full of Pinot Grigio. Okay. Shout out. Sure. My my Rakes. roommate has has yeah has has uh, numerous mugs and some of them were Christmas mugs. So. Yeah, Joey, quit being so judgmental. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, come on. I know it's not the season, but is it always the season for Christmas wine? Maybe. <laughs> this is Christmas wine now. Yeah, Pinot Grigio seems uh, like the least Christmassy of the wines to me. Somehow, no, no, it's it's kind of it's it's a uh, it's know, a mold some... Pinot Grigio. <laughs> 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 Mm. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, it, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You were listening to the Undebeatables or semi-ish weekly Pacers podcast. Today is May 22nd, and this is episode 593. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, it's Pacers offseason, but we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? I was trying to think of somebody to give a shout-out to, but then I realized that I've been quarantining for like two and a half weeks, so I haven't seen anyone. So, <laughs> shout-out to the outside world. Hopefully it's still there. <laughs> shout-out. Just as good as it was before. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. From Asheville, North Carolina. He's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles. John Colson. Uh, what is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, I I just want to say, uh, Jason, that this is as good as the outside world gets. You're stuck with us. I apologize. It's all right. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Also, Palomas are delicious, this? by the way. Mm. I will fight Happy. the enforcer. I think you've been basically responding to everything with that you'll fight him. So <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'll see him in like I'd a watch month. That. It'll be fun. <clears throat> Going to war for greyhounds. <laughs> so before Shout we get into buses. the show, I'd like to remind you that. Before we get into the show, I'd like to remind listeners that they can support us, the longest-running Pacers podcast, by heading over to patreon.com slash undebeatables and support our show for as little as a dollar per month. Some of the tiers get access to um, the Slack, which I've been uh, I've been using a lot for for polls. I like the I like the polls. Um, you know, we're, we're getting the members to vote on how they think the series are going to turn out. Um, and then this this poll here, there's a three-way tie um, to the question, is Chris Paul chumps? <laughs> the, there was one vote for yes. 
One vote for, of course, uh, two votes for his legacy as chumps. <laughs> so that's the winner. Thanks, thanks, Colson, for chipping in there. So that's the winner. His legacy is chumps. His legacy is chumps, man. Really. But you'll notice that uh, we're not going to be talking about, well, we may be talking about him today. We won't be talking about his team that's playing basketball right now because it is uh, too late in the NBA season to be talking about a Chris Paul team. It is the conference finals, and they are kicking off. There's been a couple going on. Um, Starting in the Western Conference, the number three-seeded Golden State Warriors uh, are up two games to nil over the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I got to listen to part of the... uh, uh, (laughs) <laughs> this past, uh, the second game here, and uh, it was wild. Uh, Dallas has a like, I don't, was a twenty point lead before half, and ends up uh, losing handily. Um, it was it was crazy. I I did not see that coming. I know I know Golden State can pour on the points quickly, but that's that. Uh, it seemed to me more of a. Uh, 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 Dallas losing the game. Didn't, didn't. I mean, Golden State did their part. Oh, you know, okay. Golden so State. You're, you're did blaming their, Dallas on this and not giving Golden State credit. No, it's some of both. But I'm saying, like, I'd say, you know, if, if you're turning the knob between which one was the the bigger factor, I think yeah. I think um, Dallas did did enough to lose that game. <laughs> that 13. Point, you had a 20 point lead. Yeah, that 13 point third quarter. There's gonna be plenty of blame to go around, right? Yeah. So you score. So anyway, that one. You score over seventy in the first half, um, and you're up. It's by twenty. Um, uh, I think you know you start shooting threes that many times, and you're hitting them in the first half, and you hit them, um, and then you start missing them in the second half. Like you got to do something else. I don't know. I, I think this is one of the largest collapses in NBA history. Um, and I'm blaming didn't involve Chris Paul. Yeah, exactly. It did not involve <laughs> Chris Paul. Thank you. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna blame uh, Dallas for this. I'm not giving that much credit to uh, Golden State, even though they're a very well coached team and they made half time adjustments and um, they have uh, championship experience. I think this is solely on you start you start missing threes. You got to have something else, and uh, Dallas didn't have it. What else are they going to do, though? They have, you know, we're we're talking about the Dallas Mavericks here. They there is no plan B. It's Luca hitting thirty five footers, throwing in the paint to Shaq and Brunson making threes. That's the only way they can score enough points to keep up with Golden State. Like, what are they? They're going to hit up, uh, yeah, Kleba in the the (laughs) post. Like, they're going to have they're going to have Bertans assault Jordan Poole. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, excellent point. And also their coach is Jason Kidd, you got to remember. Yeah, so. exactly. Doncic was excellent, just, I mean, it's a, it's a big lift once they start dialing in that, that pesky Golden State Warrior D on people. Because they can, they can stop one guy, or at least slow him down substantially. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's still, Doncic still creates open looks for, you know, his teammates, but it's, like you said, yeah, it's a make or miss type of thing like so if they're making you know 17 to 23s in a night then they got a really good chance to win but if they dip below that it's going to be hard for them i think the rest of the series but we'll see it shifts back to dallas now and that team has been particularly good at home in this playoffs so yeah yeah golden state annoyingly did so much damage in the paint against them i mean they were Mm. just in there just owning them everywhere around the rim. Um, yeah, 45 three attempts for Dallas, just 28 for the Warriors. And they housed them. Yeah, no, there was just so many. Uh, I'm going to get into, I'm going to fake a three. I'm going to get into the paint. I'm going to throw it off to this other guy who's going to dunk it on you. Like, that's basically what their uh, Golden State's offense ended up being in the second half, and it worked. Uh, the Mavs had no response. And, um, I, you know, it's just one of those things where you wonder whether this was Dallas's best chance, right? Um, 
you know, you, you have that kind of first half on the road. Um, this collapse could be, you know, the, the demise for them. Now, maybe they win both the next two games at home, sure. But this seemed like Not a still real series, though. No, but this seemed they like a real that game to take that series. Oh, yeah. If they wanted to steal this series, they were they had to take this game, and they had it in the first quarter or the first half, and then they just fell apart in the third. So um, it was what well, they were down. They were up two at the end of the third after being up twenty. Like that, that's just outrageous. Yeah, they were they were up two and demoralized. Yeah, at the exactly. End of three. Exactly. Actually, you know, it was really funny listening to Reggie uh, talk. I, he was he was talking about the the comeback, and he kept talking about how you know. There needs to be some sort of response. And, and you know, Dallas is up like seven or eight. <laughs> he keeps being like, Dallas has got to respond. They're going to go back. They got to do something because this is coming. This is getting out of control. And you're like, dude, they're still up. Eight. And he was totally right. Reggie knew what was going on. The flow of this was getting beyond their control. And, and they ended up losing this thing. So um, he might have jumped to a conclusion, but he... Uh, jumped on the right conclusion so yeah yeah not not uh, not a great outcome for your uh, Mavs sweep prediction Colson sorry about that <laughs> yeah yeah my internet went out and then I predicted Mavs sweep <laughs> I don't know I'm guessing your your Christmas Pinot Grigio did not go out. <laughs> <laughs> cheers so that's uh, that's the West, right? I mean, Golden State's certainly in the driver's seat, but uh, series is heading back to Dallas, as we discussed. Uh, in the East, it's, uh, it's both pretty interesting and also not as interesting as we'd like, but the, uh, the Miami is up two games to one in this one. Uh, it has been alternating games. Uh, Miami uh, hammered the, the Celtics game one. And uh, Boston returned the favor game two. And Miami wins game three. You know, in a pretty tight one, uh, 109-103. But I uh, was traveling, did not get to catch this one, uh, the game three. Uh, Colson, did you catch this one? Yeah, no. I, I mean, I think this is all a drama, right? I mean, game three is the drama. Uh, Miami goes into Boston. Amazing crowd. They go up 20. Um, they're just, you know, Miami's just controlling everything. And, um, you know, Tatum, their best player, is po- playing poorly. Um, and then they start to chip away. They start to chip away. And then Jimmy Jimmy Butler uh, goes down with an injury. Um, and then you've got uh, Marcus Spark going out with an injury. Um, and then you've got Al Horford, or no, and then you've got Jason Tatum going out with an injury. Like, it just it just keeps going on. Um, the drama keeps building. Smart comes out of the tunnel. Tatum comes out of the tunnel. Um, they took a 20-point lead, and they got it down to one um, with, I think, six minutes left uh, in this game. Crowd was losing its mind, and Miami just closed. They just closed it out. Uh, Oladipo gets some credit for pressuring um, on the defensive end uh, as a replacement for for Jimmy Butler. Um, but Bam Adebayo uh, scored, you know, over thirty points. Um, I I was surprised by this win. I really was. I thought Boston had this series in hand, and now I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean the. Resurgence of Bam, I think, is like the huge story here, right? He was basically silent the first couple games, so um, that's a good sign for the Heat. But yeah, I think that you know this Boston team is tough, so this is gonna go. I mean, I predicted this to go to the the distance and went with Miami just because they had home court advantage. I mean, that's how even I think these these teams are. So, um, yeah. It's been fun to watch so far. Yeah, sort of. Game three was kind of fun. The other two were pretty blowouty. I'm hoping for. It's, I, mean, sure, I think sure. it's going to be a long series for sure. I just hope they're not all back and forth blowouts. That was not what I was looking for. There's going to be some good ones in here for sure. I think it's going to be more. The rest of the series is going to be more like game three yeah. than the first two games. I think you're right. I, mean, I hope you're right. I mean, just because both of these teams will make adjustments and like 
you know, the margin for error just gets slimmer. And slimmer. You've got two coaches that You're are going to catch anybody. Yeah, make adjustments by, and stuff. By surprise. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, I guess, about the sort of total playoff experience? I mean, Golden State, you know, in the West, uh, obviously Golden State is is probably the, the most prepared out of all these teams left uh, with, with playoff combined playoff experience. You know, I know on the East, uh, you know, Boston's made a couple, you know, a couple good runs. And I, I don't know about the, the, this version of Miami. Um, was in the finals guess, like last, two last years year ago? Was, yeah. That seems yes. I think that's that's. Great. I mean, essentially, yeah. Their core is basically yeah. the same. And they've Sp- added Kyle Lowry and Victor Oladipo. Right. Yeah. And Spolstro's obviously had a lot of coaching experience. Right. <laughs> he's got a few yeah. rings under his right. belt. Right. I mean, yeah. he's. Yeah. yeah. So basically, yeah. what you're telling uh, me is I Dallas mean, I, has no shot. Is what you're saying? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> but then, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I'm. I'm uh, I, I'm happy to see them take a shot, but you know, uh, yeah. Like I think Jay said that they don't have a plan B, and and without that, um, you know, Steve Kerr and the, and, and the Warriors aren't going to let them. They're going to adjust really well. Yeah, you know, Golden State is, um, and I think you know the in the East it's going to be a little more even. You know, and there's there's multiple you know lanes of attack, and there's you know multiple adjustments you're going to make on defense and and uh, it's going to be more of a, a chess you know probably closer to like 40 chess than it is you know than it is 2d you know yeah you sent over an interesting stat and hopefully i'm not stepping on your toes for stat of the week that the win probability for the championship mm. uh somehow boston has a much higher chance of winning the whole thing than miami does uh, but the series itself is fifty-fifty. Is that right? Am I right. remembering that right? Yeah, yeah. Like Miami was—I think Miami was favored just slightly in in the series, but uh, but it, for the fight, like for who was going to win the finals, Boston had a better chance. So I think that the way I took that was it was you know matchup dependent where where. Boston was a better matchup against Golden State than than Miami would be, um, but I mean, it basically it says to me like if Boston wins the series, then they win the t- like their odds to win the title if they get yes. past the series has to be like crazy high. Yeah, well, right. and, and and that was one of the things that uh, we talked about before, which is you know Golden State has never faced this kind of wing defense um, in its entire you know run. Um, this would be you know, a real challenge for them. That's interesting. Um, I don't think Miami stands a chance against Golden State, honestly. Yeah, I mean, certainly it's a it's going to be a big lift for either of these teams against Golden State the way that they're playing if they come into this thing healthy. I mean, we're just in the part of the season where any imperfection you have as a team is going to be you know, on blast. I mean, this is just what these coaches do in these situations. That's why Dallas isn't looking so hot, right? Because they are an imperfect team. They just don't have the paint presence that they need to get easy buckets down the stretch. Um, and, you know, as small as Golden State plays, they've always been able to get to the paint and finish around the rim in spite of their lack of size, right. uh, which is part of what makes them so darn dangerous. Um, you know, I am still pulling for Boston in that series for that reason because I, I just I, I really do think that that matchup is intriguing with the Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, um, Jason Tatum matchup against Poole, Thompson, and Curry. Man, that that, that could be a, a heck of a heck of a lot of fun if you like a good rock fight. Um, but we'll see what happens. It's it's it's, it's going to be a long series, and I think it happen. And, and probably whichever team coming out is going to be darn beat up because right. they, they got to get through Rock Fight yeah. 1 before Rock Fight 2. That's mm-hmm. the thing. other thing, too, is, is you know, it would be sort of a better competition if, if both teams had a you know, similar length series, you know, versus, a, you know, a sweep versus a, you know, a seven-game Rock Fight. Um, but... Now, Joey, correct me if I'm wrong here. Isn't the finals date, aren't they set... The final state set, no matter how long these these series go. Yeah, they said they've been doing that for a little bit, for, for some time now, and 
their set. So I don't like that they do it that I don't way, like but, that either. But uh, uh, basically what happens is if you can knock this thing out early, if both of, you know, if, uh, if, if both these series end early, we get to sit and what, wait a week or 10 days before the finals? I mean, but, I mean, what is the probability, like, how often do you get to, to the conference finals and you have two, like, five-game series? Like, yeah. that never Except it's right. happened like, a couple of years ago with uh, yeah. the Cleveland and, and uh, the Golden, Golden State. State. Yeah. And then we had to wait ten days. But, yeah, I'm hoping that these things go longer than that. I mean, so June 2nd is when the finals start. Yeah. It doesn't date. matter to me anyway. I mean, we wait two weeks for the Super Bowl. I mean, why not wait? What, what is it to wait another week for the finals? It is what it is. Fair enough. They want that TV money, man. It's part of the package. Well, I mean, it's been fun. I mean, it's good. it's been a good postseason overall so far. Uh, I mean, in general, it's been it's been pretty good stuff. You know, in the, the there there haven't been you know I think the first round it was it was all the higher uh, seeded teams win so. Um, you know, not too many surprises out of this. You know, uh, upsets, not, upsets not in round two, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you, you, well, Colson, you personally have been upset every round, right? <laughs> yes, sir. You find a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you find a. I have, I have a little, I have a little corner a right. in my, uh, in my apartment where I just go and I, I get personally <laughs> upset. Okay. Violent sobbing. Glad you contained it. With a mirror. Silent sobbing wasn't that? That was one of your albums in high school. Silent yeah. sobbing with a mirror. Yeah, was yeah. That was. <laughs> I was silent sobbing with a mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's right. that was... <laughs> oh, you said silent. I thought it was violent sobbing. <laughs> oh no! Violent sobbing with a mirror was was uh, the. The name of our number one hit. Oh wow! Yeah, so "Silent Sobbing with Mirror" was the name of the band. Was was the album? Was the album, yeah, was the album. And then so weirdly, how- the 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 A side single, side single was "Violent Sobbing." I mean, we're just you know basically we're just trying to counteract people's expectations. That's all I'm saying. Um, that was that was my band, uh, Deck the Hounds. Mm-hmm. Yep. My band deck the hands. Yeah. All right, team. Any anything else for these playoffs? Who you uh, who you all rooting for? JT, who who you got to win? Who who you rooting for? Now, who do you think's gonna win? I'm not rooting for anybody <laughs> at this point. All right, I, mean, like, I like it. <laughs> I I pick teams to win, and yeah, I sure. suppose I'm rooting for those picks. But yeah, I don't know. I had I was I was cheering for the Suns because I despite the fact that Chris Paul's legacy is chumps I have a soft spot for Chris Paul <laughs> and I wanted to see him overcome his chumpiness and he just couldn't do it. <laughs> it's too powerful as chumpiness. It's so sad. It's so sad. And Golden I, I mean Paul. like Golden State's a nice story I suppose but how many rings does yeah. that yeah, they got times do I got three in the last <laughs> six years or whatever yeah. <coughs> yeah and I hate Boston and Miami so. yeah well and both of them have a ton of rings recently as well yeah, so it's killing fair. me rooting for Boston but all of these teams have rings to root for Miami somehow <laughs> yeah Ugh. and you know I try to root for Dallas but it just feels <laughs> just feels empty they're <laughs> 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 not going anywhere yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I, I yeah. I'm I'm a I'm big. Uh, Luca's doing amazing things, but I, I, it's gonna be real hard to get me real excited when Jason Kidd's uh, at the helm. You know. Oh, a hundred percent right. And you know, Donches is out there throwing up forty, and they can't win a game. It's like, geez, what the poor guy yeah. got to do? You know. Yep. Well, he. Uh, you know, this is regardless of whatever happens. You know, in this round, uh, this has been a great experience for for the franchise. You know, I think just getting a nice playoff round and 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 you know, hopefully, you know, reevaluating where they are and where they need to be and and take another shot next year. But it's not over yet. 
Depends. Well, it depends on when this week gets posted. So maybe it's. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we have uh, lost Colson, so I think it's a great time for a break. It seems Uh, like we'll be back. (laughs) Technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah. Or he he may have rage quit. I don't know. Yeah, he was maybe he's sobbing in a corner yeah, he's, right now. He's in a like sobbing that. corner. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's very upset. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take uh, take a few, and we'll be back in in the second half here. It's not even a good joke. No. Doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it's not a plan. It's anything. like deck the halls. Like it's not. It's no. It doesn't. It, it, I'm really mad at this mug. Because <laughs> like deck the halls is a thing. Hounds are a thing. I don't. I don't get it. I just don't get it. So here's the thing. I feel like they went to somebody that worked at the company that makes the mugs, and said, "Hey, uh, I know you're you're 19 years old." And you have been here for six weeks, but we we put out a mug every year with the dog on it for Christmas, and we can't put out the same old bullshit we put on last year. And so they just did it. So they, they put the boxes a, they, they, they have a picture of a wreath around a dog's uh-huh. head. Yep. And it's deck the hounds. We're checking the boxes off. Dog check. Christmas stuff check. Mug check. Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. Yeah, this Profit. seems like it was uh, designed by an algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Boo. People like Christmas stuff. People like dogs. People it's like actually, sort of. Not even pun. It's not even a like, pun. People like. Uh, it's not a pun. It's bad not a play plays on words. words. It's not, it's it's not even a play on words. Barely. There's a book called Deck the Hounds. Okay. Maybe that's what's oh. an Andy Carpenter it? mystery featuring the titular criminal defense lawyer and his faithful golden retriever. I'm sure it's excellent. <laughs> it sounds oh. great. I'm uh, sure it was the Newberry. I mean Did did it involve <laughs> punching a golden retriever? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Okay. That does not play well in the algorithm. No. No. The cover is just lots of puppies with Santa hats. It's pretty adorable. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at this now, too. There's a review. Uh, what about, okay, look. Deck the Pomeranians. Like, that's that's more clever. It's closer to halls. Deck the Pomeranians. I mean, I think you're in the same ballpark, which is... <laughs> <you know. laughs> but, you, but you did that in... Ten seconds. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even spend a lot of time on that. And somebody spent enough time on this to make a mug. And I'm very mad at them. So, one thing, Harper, that I don't, I don't know that you mentioned or not, but uh, so that is number eighteen in the Andy Carpenter series. That, that's correct. Yeah. This wasn't, this wasn't a one and done. This is episode eighteen. No. Yeah. It's a... Yeah. So, I mean, you just Andy can't get Carpenter enough Andy Carpenter. It's just a horrible oh. name for a detective or whatever this guy is. 
It's like the most bland name you could come up with. And it looks like all of these are they're dog themed. Okay, so one of the other ones is called One Dog Night. Who let the dog out? Rescued. Oof, oof, oof. Yes, here we go. I, look, we've done a ton of terrible titles. I don't think we've ever done oh, that oh. one. Citizen K9. Mm. Here's, here's, here's a sample paragraph for you. Horace and I have done mutually beneficial business in the past. He is said to be a genius at what he does, comma, but since I'm far from a genius at what he does, comma, I have no way to judge the accuracy of that assessment. So this is, this is really highfalutin stuff here. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. That is, that's brilliant. Could you just send that over to me? Because yeah. I want to read that more. Just plagiarize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just need that more. into your own writing <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. That was amazing. God. It's hot. It's horrible. So, uh, Joey, here's the only problem. You talk long mm-hmm. enough that I'm out of my Christmas wine, so I gotta go. I'll, I'll be right back. Go ahead and start the show, but I gotta, I gotta go ahead and sure repopulate my deck the hounds glass. <laughs> repopulate. Go, go for it. Go forth and repopulate. Right. <laughs> oh shit! I got a bunch of tabs of some dog writer now. Uh, <laughs> There's a breed called the Halden Hound, so they could have gone with Deck the Halden Hounds. Mm. Sounds like a Twitter account needs to get made. <laughs> I'll get Colson right on it. Great. <laughs> you know what? If you if you set it up for him on his phone and like told him he was texting people, he he'd be fine. <laughs> Wasn't that a joke from the office? (laughs) No. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, oh, maybe. uh, What's his head? The young guy set up a a Twitter account for Creed, but it was just a Word document. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's funny. We are back from the break. We want to get you with a... Stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. So this one's from, from last year. I had picked this one out last last summer. Almost, It's been almost a full year, but um, this one was about... I've been some, sitting on this stat of the week for a year? I, wow. I've, got a bu- I've got a bucket of them. And, uh, you know, this one rose to the top. It was for, it's been fermenting. And uh, it finally got up to the top. So this one is from from uh, well the FAA is involved. It's it's that kind of thing. Uh, this one's about uh, some passengers that were flying from Indianapolis to Philadelphia, and it's about the uh, combined fines that <laughs> the two unruly passengers uh, got. My my, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. This was um, I don't know. I I am generally intrigued by people behaving badly um and i don't know this fit the bill uh, two passengers uh were were $28,500 between the two of them um from the FAA, from the FAA for their uh, their behavior uh, the the two the two two women um they had been uh they were they were sort of wearing masks, I think, but they were not wearing them properly, and they've been repeatedly warned about that. And um, you know, I think there's some flexibility there, but uh, you know, when uh, at some point when they when they won't follow the directions, um, they were uh, well. At this point, they were they were uh, asked to put them on properly, and they continued to play quote uh, loud obscene music. And used obscene language against flight attendants and passengers, which I think is where these these turned from a we'll put up with a little bit of nonsense to we get to control whether or not you get to go where you want to go. Um, and uh, at that point, um, the plane uh, had been taxing but was returned to the gate. They returned to the gate after the captain was notified of their behavior. Um, when the captain informed the passenger she was being removed from the flight... <laughs> She argued and used obscene language, and then 
and then punched a female passenger who was seated, seated in front of her and was holding a baby. Oh, punched, okay. She punched her in the back. Punched her in the back of the head. Coulson with a baby. Yeah, holding and uh, so the, uh, the 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 first passenger, the the uh, the the mom, the mom head puncher. Uh, received an eighteen thousand five hundred dollar fine, and her uh, uh, her friend picked up a ten thousand dollar fine. So I, so. I just want to say that uh, she's lucky that the enforcer was not on the flight, um, and also pacifist John Colson, uh, the bartender, probably would have hurt her. When you hit some uh, hit a mother holding a baby in the back of the head, I'm. My pacifist lines kind of go out the window. I'm out. Bold. Bold stand you take there. <laughs> There's got to be a line on pacifism, right? I mean, can I, I can sweep the walk before me and, and make sure I don't step on ants. Or I could, uh, you know, just make sure that the person who's hitting women, holding children, stop doing what they're doing. Um. Yeah. So, for context, do we know? <laughs> I was gonna ask what the standard fine for misbehavior on a plane is, but I don't even know what that would mean. Like, is it like, what's the the biggest fine people get? Like, if you if you go and knock on the pilot door like the entire flight, that's got to get you a fine. I don't know. So the largest um, fine that I'm seeing proposed by the FAA was a civil penalty of $81,950 against a passenger who struck a flight attendant on the head, tried to open a cabin door and headbutted, spit at, and tried to kick crew members and passengers even after she was placed in flexible handcuffs. Yeah, that sounds like a mix. (laughs) So $81,000, that's it? But here's the oh, thing. I'm thinking I should Jeff start Bezos, out on the plane more often. Like, sounds but cheap. listen, like <laughs> Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk could do that every day, and they wouldn't even notice it in their in their bank accounts. It's true. Heck, they might do that. I think that's probably what jets, they do. We would never know. <laughs> yeah. Elon Musk might be doing weird stuff on his private jets. It turns out. Oh yeah, did, right. yeah, exactly. Did you hear about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can guarantee he won't get on a commercial flight for $81,000. He wouldn't do that. Right. Um, he said that there's, there's no way that after 30 years of him being in the public spotlight that he would have been caught for anything like what this woman was suggesting he did. Mm. Which is, sounds a lot like an apology. Sounds like a rich person's apology. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, yeah. The guy who owns Twitter needs some better PR people. There's another one from uh, Jason to to put things put this in context. The uh, passenger got a fine for twenty one thousand five hundred dollars. Who apparently snuck their own liquor uh, on the plane was drinking that, which is against FAA regulations. Everybody does uh, that, though, so that's cool. Uh, I, I mean, mean, but it's still it's still the rule. Okay, fair enough. That actually seems legitimately hard. You can't get liquids through security. Oh, it's super easy. I'm sorry. Never mind. <laughs> oh, this guy. Okay. Uh, he wouldn't stop drinking the alcohol uh, and, and would not put a mask on. And Oh, um, you got to drink it with the mask on. I mean, come on. Well, no, I mean... Uh, you know, when you're not taking a drink, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. You're a pro at this. I think you know how to do this. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was uh, arguing with passengers and ultimately struck the passenger next to him on the head. So, apparently, apparently, head punching's a, a quick way to get fined on the plane. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to not punch somebody on a plane. Everybody's sitting <laughs> down. So. Yeah. Just prob- probability you're gonna you're gonna hit a head before you hit anything else. Here's what I'd like to uh, to say to Pacer Nation: um, If you're frustrated on a plane, don't punch someone. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. This guy is yeah. social justice warrior over here. Yeah. No, I mean just like look, go to sleep, take a nap, like whatever. 
like uh, take an Ambien, uh, do a shot of uh, whiskey. I, I, take... I don't think that she should be encouraging the type of people who often hit others in the face to drink. I just want people to go and to take sleep Ambien on the on the road uh, on the road when they're on the road. Yep. Yeah, I don't think I'll get also... that done. I'd like to extend your recommendation to beyond the plane. We're sort of frustrating. This is not, yeah. You want to punch somebody? Stop punching people. Let's make, not do make that. Take a step back. So let's extend this not, to, yeah, all of Pacer Nation. When you're traveling, or actually when you're just at home, don't punch people. <laughs> when you're being a human being. It's not worth it. And just so we're, so we're clear here, Colson, when you said, like, to... You know, to to drink these drinks, like, did, did you want them to take an Ambien and take a shout out tequila? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I want them to pass of- out. I want I want them to like mix their drugs for sure. I want like some sort of <laughs> Another NyQuil great idea for people that- <laughs> and and alcohol <laughs> liquor. Edge. You know, I just want them to brown blackout pass out. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, right. I want them tweeting uh, like we racist need, things. We need a disclaimer on, on this. Yeah, the statements expressed on this podcast do not reflect the <laughs> opinions of the unbeatable podcast LLC. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All I'm saying is, if you feel violent, go the fuck to sleep. Oh, I'm not allowed to say that. If you feel violent, oh, that you're not allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're drawing the line. <laughs> if you're feeling violent, go to sleep. <laughs> Thank you, Listen to this Dr. show Carson. Be tired by it Alright well I think we dispensed A lot of good uh, information there Yeah Just just for the record Assaulting a flight crew member, uh, member Is punishable by up to 20 years in prison So I, As well it should be Don't assault anyone This is freaking My advice is don't hit people it's not worth it. Have a drink. Go but to what sleep. if you? But what if you own SpaceX? <laughs> Could have just left it. The next topic we got for you, of course, is the under Google. Are, are we still are we still recording? Okay. Sure. All right. So what's, what uh, you got? The numbers keep going up on my on my recording. What so. you got? I was hoping you had one first. Oh, I've, I've got a ton. <laughs> try to try it again. That was all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Oh, are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Next segment we got for you is the undegoogleables. Mr. Colson, how can we help you this week? Uh, so I've, I've got a ton of questions. Uh, I always have a ton of questions. Uh, I have a long list of things that disturb me uh, all the time. <laughs> and then I, and I come to you guys. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about recently was um, juggernaut. The term juggernaut. Um, I was thinking about, uh, it sounds like astronaut, so it might be space, but nautical is a thing. And what's with jugger? And I don't know enough about this term. And I've got to come to my uh, three of my smartest friends. So, juggernaut, go. Is this the, the comic book character or just the, the just term? Just the term, in general. term in general. If you want to add in the, the comic book character, you're welcome to. But okay. Oh wait, there's a. I didn't know that there's a comic book character. There's a comic book character called. Oh Jay yeah. Not? Okay. Yeah. But we're talking in the in the in the sense of a juggernaut as like a undefeatable foe. Yes. At, at some level, right? Like a mm-hmm. a, a right. Goliath type uh, opponent. Something that's uh, undefeatable. Right. We went back and forth between juggernauts and undebeatables. <laughs> mm-hmm. This should have been our very first uh, undegoogle, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. So you're right in the sense that the the not the suffix not, I believe, is used for something that travels on a some sort of vessel or ship. 
Right. And this goes back to yeah. the Argonauts. Mm-hmm. Of Jason and Greek. My namesake and yeah. <laughs> JC um, and the Argonauts. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and then, of course, astronaut. Are there other knots out there? Cosmonauts. Cosmonaut. Okay. Yes. Mm. Uh, those are the only I've ever heard of. Them. Yeah. And jugger. <laughs> Wait. I feel like I know some more. How do you spell juggernaut? I I, I spelled it in my notes as J U G G E R N A U T, but I have no idea. I believe okay. that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I put in my notes. So I, I I don't I have no um I don't understand what jugger would mean related to knots. I'm trying to think. As I have, enc- I don't know that I've encountered this in the written word in text very often. But it seems like it's not capitalized. It's a lowercase thing, right? So it's not like a proper noun, necessarily. That's, I'd say that's right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Except unless it's the comic book character. Right. <laughs> of course. Right. Important distinction there. Mm-hmm. You are juggernaut versus you yes. are a juggernaut. Sure. Okay, got right. it. Right. Got it. But it may have made its way into a small j lexicography from, you know, a, a Greek mythological character who was capital J at one mm. point. Who was riding on the jugger? Riding on the old jugger. Well, you did talk about aeronautics. You're not, a, you're not an aeronaut, but, you know. Oh, uh, Huguenots? Is that a thing? Or Huguenots, yes. I think. That is that's a different kind of knot. Different spelling. Yeah, that's a. Well, French. but like, could could a could a Huguenot be connected to a Juggernaut, based on a, uh, you know, spelling error. Yeah, the Huguenots were a, a, a French religious sect, no? Something. They were that definitely sound, French. Yeah, they were. Yeah, no, that sounds right to me. I mean, they weren't connected to space. <laughs> or or naval things, um, which which actually suggests maybe that we don't know the the uh, what knots mean, you know, um, that we might need to go back to the definition of knots. It, it's French. Is it is it about nautical miles? Is it about seafaring things? Is it is about you know where where do we get Huguenots? So Huguenots is N-O-T-S. Yeah, it's a different... I I would guess that they're different yeah. derivations. I'm, I'm well, it just, it just sounds like, yeah, uh, you know, juggernauts. Like the astronaut too. cosmonaut goes back to Greek. Yeah, for okay. sure. And, okay. and, and right. it does share that same root with nautical miles. Okay, right. okay, all right. For sure. Because those and are the I'm only pretty, kind of ships I, they yeah. had. They weren't so good at the flight. I agree. I'm, I'm like 90% sure that juggernaut is spelled that way. Like with the N-A-U-T, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the question is jugger. What the heck is a jugger? It could be, so it could be a vessel. It could be a medium in which you transport, I guess, right? Like an astronaut. Like they're going into space, right? I guess, so. Yeah, jugger doesn't sound very French to me, even though the knot is French Finnish, right? So no, no, not as Greek. Okay, Jason well, and the Argonauts. Okay, fair enough. But Jugger sounds not Greek to me. German or something. Jaeger. Jaeger not. Jaeger not. You travel by you travel by Jaegermeister. Colson has definitely known, been known to be a Jaeger. I'm a Jaeger not for sure. <laughs> Many a evenings. That's right. Maybe this evening. <laughs> Harper, what do you think? You got any guesses at this? Uh, I mean, for for sure, Greek. You know, I, I just I assume from what the definition is that it was um, a very large. Um, I, I mean, I'm with you. It's either a mythological character that I don't know nothing about, or a large transport mythological transport vehicle of some stripe, like it's the Titanic mm-hmm. of ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. That couldn't be mm. taken down. Yeah. Like, and then in definitely sank. Like that. <laughs> sure. Right. For sure. It's the Titanic. Yeah. 
Because that those stories, yeah, like because the captain it, had sex with his mom. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, they what, never what make the say, claim. Joe, oh, I was like, they, in those stories. They never make the claim that it was like, you know, too big to to go astray, and then and then they're like, and it and it and it never failed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I do like that. I do like that idea of like the sort of like a yeah like a Greek you know sailing vessel or something that. Okay, so we're going ancient Greece uh, definitely with the. Uh, premise of this but when does juggernaut become a part of the lexicon that's a good question you mean like the uh, english lexicon yeah, english yeah, lexicon. yeah, yeah, yeah. when does it get adopted into english when does it get adopted into english because i don't think juggernaut is a is a greek term i think we're taking it from the greek that's my that's my uh, assumption sure yeah 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 um. Yeah, it got lowercase at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Joey, uh, when did they start uh, making jugs? When did they start making jugs? <laughs> when did they start making jugs? Yeah. What's 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 a <laughs> jug? Era? We've had this conversation on the on this program before. We have indeed. I think in Mesopotamia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you- as soon as. It's like the first thing. Yeah, we, <laughs> like, we needed no, it for. We need to get water no, from A to B, and, no, and importantly, booze. Because the second that we sat down for long enough to farm anything, we had to put a handle on it before we called it a jug. Look, it takes a while. I don't. Oh, maybe I, we maybe we had this. We had a conversation about buckets. Sorry, mm, you're right. Mm. <laughs> Jugs is different than buckets. <laughs> Buckets, when do you when do you think the term came into parlance, Colson? Uh, I'm I'm guessing um, the juggernaut is in. It's after the astronaut. I'm guessing this is a this is a 70s what? term. America's mm. 70s term. That's what I'm going with. 1970s. Yep, 1970s. Said. That's what I'm going with. Interesting. I was gonna go with this. Seems like a. Um, uh, who wrote the Jabberwocky? Mm, uh, uh, Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll. This seems like a Lewis Carroll-ish type word. Oh, frabjous day, kalu kale, he chortled in his joy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be old. You're going with Greek. You'd lean towards, you're thinking Shakespeare? Yeah, give, it, yeah, give, give a Shakespeare. Yeah. <sighs> Boy, I 15, think Shakespeare's the wrong... No, that's that's a terrible, terrible guess. Perfect. <laughs> Joey, what do you think? Well, I'm looking at the answers. So <laughs> okay, cool. What do you got? I'm gonna sit out on this one. So it's it is none of those things. Oh mm. no. So it is. So the 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 term is sort of well, we you know we were right on the term. It's like the. Literal or medical, metaphorical force regarded as merciless, destructive, and unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nailed that part. The, the English usage originated in the mid-19th century, adapted from the Sanskrit word Jaganth, a title given to Krishna, meaning Lord mm-hmm. of the World. I'm getting the so English it's from- loanword juggernaut is from the 17th century. Well, we have uh, we have disagreement. Yeah, in this yeah. in the same Wikipedia article. <laughs> yeah, Charles Dickens used the term in the Life and Adventures of Martin Chuzzlewit. Ooh, cool. So before Lewis Stevenson, before nineteen seventy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the the comic book character was around before the nineteen seventies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great at this game. (laughs) I I was told that my answer was dumb, so at least you're doing better now. I mean, your answer was dumb, by the way. There's no way it was from Greek. Or no, from Shakespeare. It was from Greek, but it wasn't. I mean, you asked me for a time period, and I gave you the correct one. What do you want from me? Yeah, no, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I said 15 or 1600s. It's the 17th century. It's 1600s. Oh man. So I'm gonna say I nailed it. Suck it, Colson. 
Oh, yeah. That's probably how all of these things should end. <laughs> we should, I should have a jingle that just says, Suck it, Colson, at the end of it. Yeah, give me that button. I can't wait. <laughs> Interesting. So this is like uh, Punch, the, the, the roundabout, the Eastern world, the Indians. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, mm-hmm. Words. Uh, in its current English usage is a literal or metaphorical force regarded as merciless, destructive, and unstoppable. And it's from what era? Uh, the English, um, well, at either the 17th or the ni- mid-19th century, um, adapted from Sanskrit word from Jagannath, uh, a title given to Krishna, meaning Lord of the World. Joey, that's what I said at the beginning, right? It was from Krishna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, basically. We could we can go back and listen to the so, tape, but I'm pretty sure that's what I said. From Miriam Webster, I'm seeing that in the early 14th century, Franciscan missionary friar Oderic brought to Europe the story of an enormous carriage that carried an image of the Hindu god Vishnu through the streets of India in religious processions. Mm. Now that makes sense to me. Oderic reported that some worshippers deliberately allowed themselves to be crushed beneath the vehicle's wheels as sacrifice mm. to Vishnu. Mm. That story was likely an exaggeration or misinterpretation, but it spread throughout Europe, uh, and they began using juggernaut to refer to any massive vehicle, such as a steam locomotive, and to any other enormous entity with powerful crushing capabilities. That sounds older. Either the nineteenth, seventeenth, or fourteenth century. <laughs> perfect, perfect. I like the oldest thing. That sounds really accurate to me. <laughs> Should go with that. Colson, I do have um, for to back up your seven nineteen seventies claim. Um, there was a movie called Juggernaut, in which a blackmailer demands a huge ransom in exchange for information on how to disarm the seven bombs he placed aboard. The transit transatlantic liner Britannic. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, let, uh, yeah. Send me this link. I can't wait to watch it. I'm all in. <laughs> it's right up my alley. Yep. So, um, how did it not yeah. uh, jugger away? Uh, jugger not its way to uh, an Oscar. You'll have to. You'll have to watch it and tell me. I'll let you know. Yeah, please do. Yep. I know and you the, don't watch movies, Joey. So. It stars Richard Harris, Omar Sharif, and David Hemmings. Oh, my favorites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the first appearance of Juggernaut, the Marvel character, was in X-Men number 12 in July of 1965. Uh, see, I was closer on that. Joe big, big, and he just, runs through stuff. Yeah, he's 6'10 and 900 pounds. <laughs> he's 900 pounds? <laughs> Six ten. That's a big boy. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. He though, runs he is real a fast, though, right? In, in the paint. In the paint. You can't do much about it. <laughs> Got to keep him above the three point line. Well, team, I think we have departed, uh, or is it departed? <laughs> Imparted. We have departed rational conversation many minutes. Yes. Sometime ago. ago. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that is our cue to get out of here. Uh, you can uh, hit us up on social media until we are back next uh, next weekish. We're on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. The website is TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. And shout out at TheUndebeatables.com is our email address. And you can get at the merch at the undebeatables.com slash store. For the architect Donnie Walsh and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sicklander. Turn out the last. The party is over. Uh, and did you send, do you have any music or do you want me to make up the music? Mm, can you beatbox for <laughs> <just do> that? <laughs>
<laughs> also, you should get that checked out. Yeah, what remains of our audience thanks you. That was something, right? It was something. <laughs> <laughs>